Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now, please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman. Business Developers Network is a forum where business leaders exchange innovative concepts for developing business. Today's company is a unique solution to public transportation. Transportation is a personal issue shared by us all. To get around, shop, commute, get to the airport, we use a combination of cars, buses, trains. However, all have their share of drawbacks from wasted time and traffic, pollution. And did you know that 30 to 50% of urban land is dedicated just for transportation? Our guest, Mike Stanley, founder of Transit X, will enlighten us how floating pods can safely provide the convenience and privacy we have in our cars, the high capacity achieved with buses and trains, the time compression from planes, and is as sustainable to our environment as bicycles. Let us welcome Mike Stanley, founder of Transit X, to tell us how flying pods can revolutionize transportation. Welcome, Mike. Can you start just telling us a little bit about your background? What what led you to think about floating ponds that could replace traditional modes of traffic? And when did floating pods develop from concept to the founding of Transit X? Uh, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so I started uh, uh, Transit X about uh, six, almost seven years ago. And it was when my uh, uh, in Boston, there was a terrible series of snowstorms that just uh, decimated all the transportation systems. Nothing worked. So the, the trains were down, the buses, no personal cars. And so my, my wife had to walk home in the snow. And, and I just got me thinking, because I'm a problem solver by nature. And what would it mean if you actually had a transportation system that could was dependable? And and all and solve basically what everyone had been talking about. Even like Nixon said, well, if we can send three astronauts two hundred thousand miles, how come we can't send two hundred thousand people three miles? So, so when did it become a, a reality? From that's when you had the idea during this night. Boy, I remember those well. Boston was really hit hard. But when when did it become something that you actually put into? action to make a reality and found transit x well there's a very there's a great slide uh that i like to see which is the uh the stages of feasibility so it, it has this step so, so it starts out with outrageous then it becomes unbelievable then it becomes impossible <laughs> then it becomes improbable then plausible then realistic then feasible then working then common, and finally it becomes obvious. So right now we're at uh, close to the working stage uh, with only going, uh, we only need common and obvious uh, uh, for the next two steps. So it's gone through a lot of stages. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure and still will. Um, Let me just uh, say for the listeners, although a video of our show can be viewed on Pro Business Channel's network website, most will be listening to the show as a podcast 
so they can view the floating pods at the Transit X website. That's transitx.com, transitx.com. But for our listeners, Mike, um, can you just describe the floating pods for the listeners so they would have a better concept of what it looks like? Sure. I guess at first I, I wouldn't use the word floating because that sort of implies, I don't know, some type of anti-gravity or something like uh, flying taxis. I, I like to say it's, you know, they're suspended electric vehicles. So they're four it's small electric uh, pods that are traveling on a elevated rail uh, that's one foot wide, two foot tall. Um, so it's it's almost like a, a, a next generation of streetcars. So streetcars used to be the dominant mode of urban transit in many American cities, and uh, then the, the cars came along and sort of and, and took over that role. Now what we're doing is we're bringing back essentially you know streetcars just in a, a version that doesn't take any uh, land use. Um, and it also can be profitable, so you don't need, and it, it solves all the issues with you now have with congestion, pollution, resiliency, things like that. All right. Um, but the, the pod itself, you know, again, this is a listener saying, well, what is it exactly? It's a, is it a car or, or um, what, how would you describe it? Well, it, it's a four-passenger vehicle that uh, is very lightweight and is uh, going underneath, suspended from an overhead rail. And so, you know, transitx.com has videos. Um, and sort of, you know, you, what I found, you could spend 10 minutes trying to describe somebody what it is, but if they just see it for five or 10 seconds, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, essentially, it's a car-like thing that just weighs nothing that's going along on overhead rails that are really small. Matter of fact, I'm looking at you and you have a window and behind you, I see white pods floating by. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's quiet and um, yes. And then that's just a, that's a visualization. Now we do have our pilot coming up uh, in Massachusetts uh, that will be uh, uh, up next month in October. So. Oh, wonderful. Uh, let's talk about the capacity of these. You know, people are thinking, are they, are they uh, taxi-like, uh, bus-like, train-like? How would you describe them in their capacity or size? Uh, from a passenger perspective or even freight, it's, it's like having a Uber waiting for you on every block, except it's going, you know, six times faster and seven times cheaper than, say, an Uber. So it's, it's, you know, gives people what they love about the convenience of a car. Um, so you don't have to worry about parking. It's, it's like having an Uber on every block and just waiting for you. How, how many people can go, go oh, into you, a- Sorry, And then you go nonstop, nonstop directly. Yeah. So pods can hold, uh, you know, four passengers or family or individuals, and they're going nonstop to their destination. Uh, what what about luggage? You know, it's just seating or can it fit, you know, if you're traveling to an airport, let's say. Oh, yeah. No, it can have a uh, full luggage. And, and in fact, you can even uh, move uh, between two cities. Just one person is loading uh, a freight pod and the other person's un- unloading it on the other side. So, yeah, it's it's replacing uh, cars, buses, trains, trucks, short flights. See, I, I, I have an advantage over the listeners because I know what it is and I am totally fascinated by it. So the idea that this is something that could connect inner city to uh, 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 an airport or it could just be within street to street level, correct? 
Yeah, I look at it, it's replacing the roadways. And right now, nobody believes that that would be even possible or conceivable. There, it's it's kind of like, uh, th- there's a lot of government infrastructure projects um, that transition from government funded to privately funded. I mean, think of like the space program from NASA to SpaceX. Uh, think of the, uh, uh, the, the telecommunication system is now as, you know, wireless providers. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, the school, the healthcare. So this is an example of where when you reduce the cost of building infrastructure, it can be privately financed other than government financed. And that's where we are, that we're cheaper than roads. Well, that that's interesting. Um, I was going to ask that later on, but since you mentioned funding, um, is is Transit X uh, seeking investors at this point? Well, we always have. So we have projects that are ongoing in um, in Bangladesh, in Africa, in the United States, in the Atlanta area. So um, we are, you know, over the next ten years, we'll be raising, you know, close to nine trillion dollars for being able to decarbonize the the world's transportation system. So. Yeah, there's, you know, we're, we're always, it's, it's all, it's project financing. So yes, we'll be uh, continuing to raise projects uh, finance. Mm-hmm. What, what about the infrastructure itself, Mike? In other words, I know it needs right of way if it's going into street levels or even along a highway. Uh, so uh, who's going to pay for that? And um, would the uh, trillion dollar infrastructure bill be involved in any way that could help finance uh, podways? I hope not. Uh, one is because our whole premise is that the government doesn't have to pay for um, the the infrastructure. So you don't have to pay. You know, everyone now expects the government to pay for transportation infrastructure. And we're saying, no, it's low cost enough where it can be uh, privately financed because it's essentially a toll road. It's a, a toll road to replace all existing roads. So you're all, you know, the users are paying for the, um, you know, our, our, are paying the usage fees just like your cell phone. You pay, you know, a, a you know Verizon or AT and T a monthly charge to use your cell phone, and that pays for the five G uh, infrastructure. So just like the FCC doesn't pay for five G rollouts, the the US DOT shouldn't pay for road systems. And I, I think you pointed out um, that railroads actually started out pr- private funding when they used to run on time. Yes. Well, sort of, and then and then, and then Amtrak came in, and then it's the uh, it's it's complicated because it you know were they privately financed because they got land grants from the government? So in this case, we're actually paying the government five percent of our revenue. Um, so it's a revenue source for government. Uh, not only do we not need their funding, we actually pay them for use of the rights of way alongside public roadways and highways. Again, I'm watching the pods float by your window, and I, I really want the listeners to have an appreciation of what it looks like. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I was born in the Bronx right next to an L, which for those who are not city residents or northeast residents, uh, that is uh, above transit uh, for like the subway used to be above the roadway. They were noisy and they weren't particularly attractive. Um, talk about the actual physical structure, the, the best way that I could try to describe it, but I'll allow you to do that, uh, would be uh, basically, I guess, light poles or telephone poles every 75 feet connected in the air, or maybe 15, 20 feet high, if I'm right about that, by this column. And I, I'm going to call it uh, the reverse of a monorail because you're floating um, underneath the, the rail or, or above 
the rail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a suspended uh, rail system. I, I like to think of it in terms of the, the, um, feeling that it invokes, because if you think about cities now are sort of noisy and you have the blaring, you have the sirens and you have doors slamming, you have horns honking and you're sitting in a cafe and you smell the, the fumes coming by with the bus, you know, the buses and the cars and all that. And, and here, you know, you're, you're talking about something that's calm. You have this calm, silent and safe. It's almost like if you've ever been after a snowstorm and you go out and like, it's beautiful. It's, it's white. It's pretty. It's quiet. That's what a city can be when you don't have a obnoxious transportation system or, or shuttling you around underground in some dark tunnels uh, and, and, and distancing you from the life of the city. It's, it's a feeling of just being interconnected, part of your city, and being a, a wonderful place to be. Well, I, I am so enamored with this whole concept that I really do hope that people go to the uh, website so they can fully appreciate it. And, and again, I'm trying to, you know, create a mental picture so people can understand it. So we have these columns that are connected with a, 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 a rail. Um, they could go in, in, in a dense city to co- connect streets and markets, and they could go along highways. They could connect the city to an airport, correct? Yeah, there's actually uh, two um, different types. There's a uh, what we call a metro podway, and that's providing 45 miles an hour nonstop service within a along roadways. And then you have a high speed podway that's going 150 miles an hour along um, uh, along highways. And so there's a just like you wouldn't get on a system on a you, you wouldn't uh, uh, board a car um, on the highway. You're boarding a car on the you you enter a car on the local roads that transitions to a highway. So it's similar here. You're you're always getting on a metro podway that then transitions you to a, a high speed podway that brings you uh, along a highway and then disperses along your local roads. Well, so have a, a a better understanding. It's it's a pod which is they they look kind of egg shaped to me, um, and they could hold four people, possibly eight. Um, so. Is it sort of like a, a public transportation that uh, people wait at a particular location? Um, the pod lowers itself on an elevator, like it comes down, you enter it. Um, but I think you mentioned you could actually have a be it private, correct? Well, one is there's there's is no waiting. So if you if there's somebody waiting at the stop, that means either the um, they're not there to ride the pod because there should be think of it as like a, there's no waiting um, or less waiting than say for an elevator. Uh, so it's not like a scheduled thing. Um, and there's different types of pods. So there's, you know, ones that are like two seater, four seater. Um, and you, you're right. They do board at grade level, just like if there's an Uber. So it's kind of like an Uber waiting for you on every block, except it's, you know, faster and cheaper. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, you know people might be saying to themselves, well, four seater, eight seater. How could this be compared to the capacity of of a bus or a train? Um, yeah, well, it, it's uh, sort of batch mode versus stream mode. So, for example, on the uh, so let's look at like a lane of a highway for an example is a uh, a lane of highway is basically one car with about one passenger about every two seconds, and so that gives you about 2000 passengers per hour. And if you, um, so 
And and a subway, you know, I don't know, the Boston subway is like 13,000 at best uh, passengers per hour. So we're giving up to about 86,000. So think of it as a, uh, you know, 50 lane highway capacity because you can have six, four passenger pods every second. Um, so you just have them, you know, when you look at a, a, a rail system or a subway system, you know, there's a, a thousand person train that's coming every, let's say, five minutes. So with that, you're only getting a thousand people every five minutes, which, you know, gives you about 12,000 passengers per hour. So the, it's the quantity. You just have a, a very large number of people um, spaced very close together r- rather than waiting, you know, big trains every so often. Well, again, I am so enamored with this concept because it works on so many different levels. But I'm trying to think I'm, I'm going to think New York for a moment. I'm getting on on 7th Avenue and 24th Street. I want to get off at 57th. How do I how do how do I interact with the pod that it knows where I want to get off? Um, yeah, so so there's a couple of there's a kind of different answers to that. So one is you can think of it there. You, there could be an app on your smartphone, but other ones are, and I'll and I'll show you in in two seconds. I'm going to show you how you um, call a pod, specify how many people and what destination I'm going to. Okay, ready? Okay, I just did that. Now, what that was, was for the people that can't see it, is I made eye contact and waved my hand so it knows as I'm approaching a stop that a pod should come down because I've just uh, requested a pod. I've just held up two fingers to say I need a pod for two people. And then it knew who I, I was and it showed me my most likely destination because it knew my previous things. And I said, okay, to the the first one that it showed me. So... All of that was done even before I get to the stop and without any smartphone, without any kiosk. So it's it's a very natural way uh, to be able to specify your destination and and take a trip. Hmm. So it, it would it, it would know on 57th Street to stop and then like an elevator go down to let me off at street level. Well, it knows. So your stops might be labeled thing. Work, home, uh, grocery store, pharmacy, uh, kids school, you know, Brian's playground, you know, you, the, the names of your stops are going to be your stops, right? It's, it's where you go most often. And then if you need to go to a friend's house to say, oh, go to, you know, 28 Park Street. And, and so you can give it an address, but most of the time you're giving it locations of where you normally go. Because there's no lines. You don't have to think about the red line, blue line transferring. There's no transfers. So, and you don't even think of like station stops. You're saying, you know, just like an Uber, you know, I want to go to this destination. You can put it on a map. You can give it an address. You can give a geolocation. Um, You know, all all these things are just, you're specifying where you want to go. You know, you just said something interesting, uh, Mike, which I didn't consider before. And again, I'm going to use New York City, uh, Manhattan in particular, because it's it's a grid that most people could understand. So you, you just mentioned about, you know, getting off. Of the, let, let's say I'm taking that 27th or 24th Street to 57th Street, 7th Avenue. That's a straight line. But now I want to go to the east side. So I want to go to, let's say, 3rd Avenue from 7th Avenue. Um 
how does that work with the, the, the pod? Do I have to get off on that straight line on 7th Avenue and then get something that connects the side streets to so I can go? Well, you're familiar with you know, New York, where it's very easy to go uptown, downtown, right, trying to go right. cross town. They, you know, there's a comedian, I'm stealing their line that said, you know, if you want to go cross town, you need to be born there. So, <laughs> so, but in, in this case, it's it's a junction, just like a street has a, um, an intersection, podways have junctions. And so you just transition from, it's not like the... Uh, the subway system where essentially to make a left-hand turn, you have to get out of your vehicle and then wait for another vehicle to be going in the, uh, you know, in another direction, right? This is the, you're in the same vehicle and you're just able to take a left or a right. And, and uh, you have junctions that bring you to different, it, you're building a grid system. So it's a sparse road network and in New York city. It'd be on every street and every uh, Avenue. That that's fa- fabulous. Uh, what you're saying is it, at a certain juncture, it would actually make the right turn and then take me across town? Yeah, think of it as a, a highway system that's a thousand times smaller. So you know how like a, a four-leaf clover in a, uh, or clover leaf um, interchange at a highway <laughs> takes up a huge amount of space, yes. right? So that's why you don't, you don't see that in a city while well, you do, but only occasionally, right? When the, right. When the major highways are, and it's a mess, right? It's a huge, but this is so small that we could fit a nonstop uh, uh, interchange within a normal New York intersection. So you're right. You don't, it's a nonstop highway system. So it's like the highway system, except it's so small that it can go on existing roads. I, I don't think that, I don't think the listeners can appreciate the, the actual physical look of it. You know, we're talking about, Again, I'll compare it to uh, utility poles or light poles. So these could actually go to to again. I'm going to go back to New York City. Right on the sidewalk, you could actually install the columns every 75 feet or so with minimum disruption. Is that correct? Uh, correct. And, and I'd say you know New York City is uh, an exception because this would work for cities that have you know you know, 5,000 people in the entire city, you know, or 10,000 people. It could work for suburbs where you have a house every 100 feet and you could share a pod stop because our pod stops, like, for example, in Boston, uh, the government center is a, did a major renovation and it took, I don't know, two or three years or something like $300 million. Like a new pod stop for us is $30,000. It's less than a, a, a two-car garage. So, when you have a suburb and you have all the road system, you have, you know, you're buying a $5,000 or a $50,000 car and you, now you, you're, you know, you have a two car garage that probably costs you 50,000. You know, this is cheaper than cars and roads. So you could have a, a, a new development that uses this or overly this on existing development and you don't need a car because you can provide point to point because it's lower costs than roads. Again, the physicality is what I'm going to be talking about. Um, the, the, what about the maintenance for them and what powers them? It's like electric vehicles. So it's a self-powered battery operated electric motor. So it's just our battery weighs, you know, 15 pounds as opposed to 900 pounds. And, you know, the entire vehicle, I can lift up the entire body because uh, it's a carbon fiber monocoque shell. 
Yeah, so I did just, see that on your on your website. I was amazed that somebody was actually lifting the entire yeah. uh, pod up in the air. Yeah, no, and that just gets to the because you think about it, less weight is less energy, it's less uh, embodied carbon, it's everything is more efficient when you have that. So, um, yeah, this is just a very lightweight uh, infrastructure and very low cost and easy to maintain. And he's, you know, a stainless steel exterior. So, you know, the Chrysler building is an example in New York City. I mean, that's, that was made of uh, stainless steel and it still looks great. Or the, um, think of like the St. Louis Arch, that's a stainless steel exterior, just never needs painting. Uh, DeLoreans have looked like the DeLoreans, you know, 30 years ago. You know, it's just it's stainless steel. It has a natural barrier to, to rust. You know, so it's not like your old L and, you know, where it's like loud, it's like, dirty it's it's obnoxious it's rusting you know you, you think this monstrosity and it's like no this is like a a unifying ribbon that's just unifying your entire thing and so now you can have kids playing in the street you can have grass you can have parks you know think of all if a 30 or 40 percent of the land area of um think of the the parking the the side parking the parking lots the parking structures think of the uh, the body shops, the repair facilities, the, you know, all the things that are related to your road systems, the bus depots, all that is now back to public use. Imagine what you could do with the amount of space. Like what's the, what's the economic value of 30 or 40% of the land area of New York City? Now it, 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 it's an amazing solution to public transportation. And, and we didn't even talk about the safety issue, you know, one, you can talk about the safety issue about the podways themselves, but compare that to car accidents that that happen daily. Sure. Yeah. Cars, we lose about 40,000 people per year uh, in road related accidents as pedestrians and bicyclists and high speed and low speed. And so this should be about 100,000 times safer. So it means Kind of like the airline industry on a, on an off year, you might have a one accident if you're unlucky, right? So, um, that 40,000, if you were using this, you know, globally, um, in the United States, you'd be down to, you know, maybe one or two deaths a year. You know, there's another usage for it, which I, I know, uh, Transit X has already considered and, and looking at the market. I'm thinking of, you know, 50, 75 tankers off of San Diego because they they can't no one could unload the, the tankers and there's no drivers for trucks. There's a shortage of drivers in the entire trucking industry. And I was thinking, as as you well know, that this could be a solution to freight. Can you kind of discuss that, too? Yeah. Now, look at all the uh, the delivery vehicles on the roadways. Then you have long haul trucking. You have short haul. You have uh, delivery vans that are blocking, um, you know, access. You have just this enormous amount now growth of your uh, electronic commerce. Right. So you now have everyone having, you know, Amazon, Walmart, everyone's delivering packages. But what are they doing? It's like they're driving around in vans or they're talking about, you know, loud, obnoxious, little buzzing vehicles to drop things off. I mean, just completely, you know, you need to have a much better way of of moving passengers and goods, uh, bulk freight, water, liquids, uh, um, you know, uh, uh uh, chemicals, uh, uh, hazardous materials, all these things you don't want to have on your roadways where you have accidents, you know? It's... 
We're going to be running out of time very shortly, but I want to make sure that we we cover everything. So um, is there anything that we did not cover in our conversation that you feel would be important that listeners know about Transit X? Well, we do have our our pilot uh, that's uh, completing uh, uh, later this month. Um, And then we have projects that have started in uh, Bangladesh and we have government commitments. So it's not futuristic, it's happening. And uh, we've been able to keep it quiet because uh, this is, you know, you, you don't want to tell everyone what you're doing, although we've been sort of uh, uh, in the uh, you can go to transx.com slash W. You'll see over 2000 proposals that we've done for cities around the world. So the main the only issue that people have or that governments have is show it to me working. This sounds too good to be true. And if you can show it working, then we want to do it. So. You know, transportation is a is a ten trillion dollar uh, industry. When you look at passengers and goods around the world, and we will be the new road system, just like you went through trains. Now you went through roads. Now you're going to have podways for the next hundred years. And how could someone get in contact with Transit X or with you, Mike? Yeah, on the website, it's a uh, hello at uh, transitx.com. And, Excellent. Um, well, thank you very much. I, I really uh, recommend that anyone listening and interested, and I don't know who would not be interested, go to the website and to see um, the revolution in transportation. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You're more than welcome. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network.